Nice. <laughs> All getting in on it tonight. Hey guys, Woo! welcome to episode 36 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host is about to become Jank Tuck with all these Commander 2020 options, Big Tuck. Uh, and for those who are uh, also sucking doors and slamming uh, Netflix, I gotta say, <laughs> hey, cool cats. And kittens. Nice. So I also will be taking Carol to court for stealing my catchphrase. So that's pretty exciting there. Mr. Combo, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right, man. This uh, week of work has been absolutely bananas. Uh, nice. So, you know, that's been meh. Uh, but, you know, it's just uh, this this Corona world we live in, not the beer, it's the virus. Every it's, day is a new every day is a new nightmare. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, because that nightmare is not being able to leave the house to do yeah. anything. But uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I caught Stout talking to me today, so that was exciting. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's good. It's he's still an animate object as opposed to a fridge. So you know, bit, small victories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely say so. Uh, well, guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. And this is only able to happen by our awesome producer Squee McGee and his remote production company, Rich Chaos Records. Here in doesn't really matter where yeah. because we can do this from anywhere. <laughs> it could be anywhere. <laughs> hey, Lions and Tigers. Tigers, uh, Squee McGee here. I, uh, uh -oh, we got, we got Joe through, Tiger. Things here. Wow. We got uh, hashtag James Lame, uh, hashtag tokens, hashtag Elvis features. Uh, let's see, hashtag uh, Vorthos can suck it. What is this, face off? <laughs> yeah, uh, is this uh, also you missed... Uh, what was it? Hashtag coward. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Classic. I'm also uh, an advocate of hashtag blasted. Uh, anyways, uh, that's my piece. <laughs> All right. Can't beat uh, that. Well, if you want to know other ways that you can help support the CMD Tower team and all the content we put out, and more importantly, being in the environment that we're in, head over to our sponsor, LoveOneGameShop.com. Uh, they sell magic accessories like the exclusive CMD Tower playmat and Matt Hunter pack sleeves. They also have a great TCG player store where they are still shipping, and they maintain a 99% accuracy rating and very competitive prices. Another way to support our show is to head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have four different pledge levels and the rewards vary from just getting access to our Discord, uh, getting your own set of CMD Tower playmat and sleeves, and of course, the free way is just share the content you're already listening to. Every little bit of interaction from the collective does count. And we do have some new patrons Woo. to give some shout-outs for. Yeah! So let's head over and do that. Tell me those names. So, I want to hear them. Hit them with the names, hit them with the names. All right. <laughs> so we got Tyler Jensen, yeah. Jacob Basica, and Harrison Wallace. Thanks, guys. Hey, Appreciate up, it. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. For, welcome to the collective. We'll see you on the battlefield. Ooh, I like it. So, of course, every episode, we do want to give a shout out to the music that's provided in the beginning and the end by Pink Royal. And hey, stay tuned till the end of the episode to get details on how you can win a borderless Garouk and Oko from Throne Ooh. in April's giveaway from level one. The good, the goods. It is the goods. The movie. <laughs> oh, great movie, by the way. It's horrible. <laughs> it's Jeremy so Piven. Oh, it's inspired. Inspired. All right, Inspired anyways. So, Bruce of Builds is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 decks, but hey, in a cool manner of brewing some beers. So, we broke it down into four categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We relate that to a grain bill. Yes, and grains are the foundation of all beers. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually about a 60 to 40 ratio. 
This also the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer and the caloric content of the beer too. Little tip I learned this week. Decks always need a way to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And the next one's gonna be, how does your board interact with the rest of the board? That's the hop profile. Hops give every beer its patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and can help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our help choices clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then the next one's gonna be, how does your deck actually win? So that way, in this quarantine environment, you can just turn off your computer. That's called yeast. <laughs> Yeasts are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content and the carbonation. Without the yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then the final thing you kind of add to your deck, that is just fun stuff. Doesn't really sure. need to fit. Uh, it could be, Alter of the Brood, for example. Uh, we're calling that Spice. <laughs> and not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout, or the addition of dry hops that turned my IPA into a New England-style IPA. Uh, not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to cap it off, we have Redundancy, which, hey, and actually EDH is pretty good. It's bottle capping. Uh, that's going to be Big Tux and I's cuts and recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks any personal recommendation that has no budget. The only restriction is no mana only lands, which funny enough took us like three or four months to figure out how to say <laughs> that. I don't want to say that. <laughs> uh, so without further ado, let's get brewing. Today, we're talking the best mommy in all of the multiverse, oh. Wart the Spell Mother. She's, she's great. Um, so this is my, we've talked, as we've talked, we're kind of going back through the, uh, through our path to 32, and this is my take on Gruul. So um, for those who don't know, real quick on the commander, uh, Wart the Raid Mother is four colorless gruel gruel which is important on a card i'll be talking about later she is a legendary creature goblin shaman when she enters the battlefield create two one one red and green goblin warrior creature tokens and then most importantly each red or green instant or sorcery spell you has has conspire so as you cast a spell you may tap two untapped creatures you control that share color with it when you do copy it and you may choose new targets for the copy so this is back when i was going through you know and this is right off of building Temet tokens. Um, I was actually in my confinement when I lived up in Psych Fort Collins. So no drink on that one. I know, but I am going to take a drink anyways because it's delicious. Um, <laughs> so when I lived out there, I was living on a student budget. But luckily, my boy who lived out there, Jeff, who has been like the seventh Jeff in my life that's been important, <laughs> which is weird because it's not a very common name. He had a bunch of cards lying Wait, around. Wait, did you say Jeff is not a common name? I didn't think so, but I know it's like absolutely a common also, name. Is it, Jeff is Goldblum like, included in that list? I haven't met him, but um, I don't really have actually a desire to either. You're like, I haven't met him, but I know him spiritually. <laughs> yeah, so we connect on a very spiritual level. So um, he had a bunch of cards lying around that would, he would like crack a box for each set and then store them later. Um, he only played a couple of commander decks, so I got some good ones from him. Um, and then he also had a pretty good beer for card ratio, so that was a treat where you could trade some beers and give you some cards. Um, but no, I, I wanted to build something that was a little different than just Gruul Smash Space. Um, I think there's a lot of decks out there, and Gruul's we've talked about is one of my not so favorite color pairings um i think it's pretty linear with a few examples here and there um so i want to go with something that was a little bit more so unlike mr combo's rook thar deck of years past um and episodes past this one is the complete opposite it really focuses more on casting spells copying spells kind of like big flashier burn out your opponent sort of things um 
I, there is another way to build this that uh, friend of the cast and notable hashtag coward will. Uh, there's a way that you can build this where it goes a little wider with tokens. Um, for me, I kind of split like pockets tens, if you will, hashtag blackjack, uh, and kind of do a little bit of both. So really like the big closers on it are going to be some big flashy X spells, which we'll probably get into, but there is a fair amount of tokens that can either help with the conspire toss um, or they can either, and they can also be blockers. Um, this deck kind of struggles with uh, a lot of on attackers. So having them down just is to kind of, you know, soak up some damage is kind of helpful. And the crazy thing is like we were talking about right before the podcast started. So I have like, it's it's built pretty well it has a fair win consistency um and it's still pretty much under 200 dollars. and that's even with a lot of the good lands obviously it's not a taiga um we were just talking about how even a stomping grounds is only seven dollars would probably go well into it but um no i like it like it, it's one of those decks that i kind of like to pick up and just play for funsies um yeah i don't know i i i think it's kind of a fun i think it's kind of a fun take on it so mr combo i think you've seen i don't know if you've seen mine in the wild but yeah. I know you've seen you've seen wills quite a bit right oh wills is filthy yeah, uh, yeah. especially in half chub or half oh, dragon shit. flatlander yes, uh, it's absolutely. real good uh but you know looking at the way that you have your grain hops yeast and spice kind of broken down sure you know I, the way i kind of look at your deck not even playing against it it seems like you're ramping hard yes you're drawing a lot of cards and you just want to get to your win as quickly as you can because your hops your interaction with your opponents yeah. is very limited yeah it's, uh, it's pretty low on that and i think like i may mention like that can kind of come back and bite you in the ass like i don't have that many board wipes in here which kind of sucks um and i don't have a ton of ways to protect myself so um it is kind of it is a little bit it's not super glass cannony but it's kind of there right like you want to sure. come out fast you want to come out swinging um and hopefully you know in the first two to three decks you can you can skyrocket yourself ahead um in the ramp and then kind of go from there um ideally you'd want to win with like a big expel but sometimes i've just used those to like remove threats on the board so yeah it, it's definitely a bit of a glass cannon but you know it's kind of one of those decks where it can it either wins outright or kind of sneaks in near the end because you don't you're not doing much besides just ramping and you're like i have two cards in hand and 15 things on board what am yeah. i gonna do right and then two turns later you're like i'm gonna copy the spell 16 times yeah, yeah, no, I 100%, you know, and I think, I think you make a good point, and I think that's why, because this came out in what, Future Sight? Uh, Warp? Yeah. She came out, I think, in one of the, in the Lorwyn block a million years ago. Cause oh, okay. Because, like, the first time she was printed, she was the other goblin tribal one, the black yeah. red, and then the next time in that, um, she came out as the raid mother in the, the green and red, and I wasn't really planning on making this deck, but in my master's box, I opened a foil one of these in my rare slot, so I was like, all right. <laughs> I guess it, I guess it's fade at that point. Well, the reason I ask is I'm pretty sure isn't it Future Sight where they kind of did all the color swaps? You know, yeah. Beast Within came. So I thought War got printed in that because obviously Gruul is not spell slinger at all. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think you're right. Uh, and this is the reason we picked this one to do today, guys, because we did Ruikthar, which isn't necessarily traditional Gruul. It's it's you know if you did it on a scale of one to ten, where ten's just smashy face, right. and War's like a zero, where it's complete spell slinger opposite i would say you know rook thor is like an eight i mean it's yeah, basically sure. smash but it's not quite like you know you're going to take a lot of damage from just him burning you Absolutely. Uh, but you know if you are wanting to go opposite and what the colors normally do this is definitely the commander to do it with yeah. and so I, and i think i think we're kind of seeing we're starting to see like three prominent gruel commanders come out which is like war if you're spell slinging gruel if you're playing 
a little more punishing to your a little more heavy creatures and then Nikia of the old ways if you're gonna like I'm only playing creatures yeah and that's all we're gonna do so um, I think this is one of the more fun options in the in that kind of colors so yeah and um, well you know, and hopefully maybe you know because Godzilla just got previewed a couple weeks ago maybe that could bring sure big chess into I like uh, contention I like instead of it. big butts. Uh, so, you know, from a CMC perspective, you're at 332. Yeah. I think that is a little misleading, though, because you got a lot of X spells. Mm-hmm. I think if you actually took out your X spells, you'd probably go up to a four because you got some real expensive yeah, spells maybe, in here. Maybe. Not, uh, not maybe. Not maybe. I mean, you got some seven, eight drops. I mean, yeah. if you, if you kind of look at your curve, you got six, six drops, seven, yeah. seven drops. Uh, a couple oh, no, nine, sorry. eights, a couple nines, yeah. Yeah, you got you got three sixes, uh, five sevens, two eights, and a nine. I mean, that's pretty top heavy. Right. Well, the nine doesn't count because it's blasphemous act. Um, so oh, that's fair. I would say there is some of that, but I will say this this deck has piles of ramp in it. So like the premier ramp in it um, that you can get in these colors. So again, like there's never really been a time where I've like had to stall out. Um, the other thing I like about it too is like since you can copy those X spells, you don't need a you know. That's 30. You don't need a 30 Comet Storm to win. You only really need a 15. So I've never really had any problems with that. Um, But, you know, I've only played this a handful of times. Sure. Well, I I don't know. I can't keep track anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fair enough. Well, why don't we head over to the Rampant Grain Bell and Big Tuck. Why don't you start it off? What's the first card you want to talk about? So this is one of the cards that we talked about when the new Theros set got spoiled. And I think it's really interesting. I wish I had more statistics with it because I have not seen this card in the wild yet. But uh, I want to talk about Colothus, God of Destiny. Yeah. So Colorless and Gruel, that's green, red for legendary enchantment creature god. It's a four or five indestructible. As long as your devotion to red is less than seven, it's not a creature, which is usually pretty fine. And then at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a land card, add a green or a red. Otherwise, you gain two life and it deals two damage to each opponent. So the way I look at this card is a lot of there's a lot of things here, right? So I don't really have that much graveyard removal and there really isn't that much in these colors. So the way I look at it is that if I'm sitting down at a table and somebody at the table is playing black, then they're going to care about cards in graveyard, right? Sure. Whether it's lands with the Lord of Windgrace, whether it's a reanimator sort of thing, this is an easy way to snipe it out. Um, obviously, it can be, it can potentially be a ramp spell, especially if you're playing against people who have like a lot of fetches. Uh, looking at you, Mr. Combo and Will and Duffman. Uh, so that's an easy way to get some ramp there. Um, the two damage and, and gain two life really is kind of incidental. Um, but one thing that I like about it a lot is that because Wart has gruel in its commanding cost when you cast her um that already puts it up to six devotion what no yeah yes yes it does no because it's hybrid it counts for one right. or no, the other so i knew you'd say that and then i double checked it and it is it does count towards devotion on both of them so if Kalothus is out and you cast war your devotion is six so you're only I'm gonna Google this as well because that sounds like crazy shenanigans. I know it's cra- I know it's crazy talk, but um, then once you can get there, and if you get you know some of the enchantments on board, um, some of the creatures maybe have some of that double, it can easily turn into a five four blocker, which is sure. pretty good. Um, and I just think there's a lot of value on it. Now, granted, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's just a dead card, which it might be at some point if it's super early in the game and no one's cast anything. But I feel like you always have something to do with it every turn. 
So, a permanent that costs hybrid mana count towards both their colors but aren't counted twice. Meaning your devotion to red increases by two, your devotion to green increases by two, and your devotion right. to red and green also increases by two, but not four as one might have guessed. Mm, I don't know about that. This what is literally, so, okay, it's no, off no, the so, MTG okay. wiki. So it adds two to, two to green and two to red, right? The way that it works is if you have ward out and say you have a perforos, Perforos will get two devotion off of Wart. Sure. Clothis gets a red or a green or a red and a red or a green and a green off the Wart. And if you had like a Nylea God of the Hunt, it's going to get two ah. green off the Wart. So right, the right, hybrid right. allows it to be flexible two, for whoever. Okay, gotcha. It's, but it's only going to be two at the end yeah. of the day. I did not read far enough into the article that uh, <laughs> clarified it. So boom. Uh, either either uh, way, it's still getting lasted. I don't Ooh, know. Ooh, I can, like it. What can you do? Um, but still, I mean, I do have enough permanents, I feel like, on the board where this could probably get off and get a blocker. So honestly, I haven't seen I haven't seen it and I haven't seen it, so I have no idea what this card actually does in the real world. Yeah, so the, so honestly, I don't care that if it becomes a creature. I look at this as Gruel's yeah. rest in peace to yes, an extent. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, it's, it's the same CMC, it's indestructible enchantment versus rest in peace, which can be blown up. And right. you know, it doesn't necessarily get everything all the time, and so it's not right. going to draw as much ire, but it will make your opponents kind of be like, ooh, what do I put to my graveyard mm -hmm. and try to be smart about it? Definitely. And if it's late game, you might have just needed that one extra mana. Absolutely. And by then, there'll be a land in the graveyard. So no, solid inclusion. Yep. So, okay, what was your first one? I'm surprised you didn't go with that. I was kind of, I thought that, I thought we might no. be hitting one. No, no. I, I went with one because initially I was like, why the hell would he have this in here? <gasps> His lands suck. But sure. then I read red, a red wart, read the card, and I was like, oh, he's a little tricksy. Uh, I could do my Schmeagol voice. A tricksy, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we're talking crop rotation. Yeah. And, and we're not talking about it for normally what it gets used for, which is usually degenerate land stuff. Correct. So crop rotation is a green. It's an instant. As an additional cost to cast it, sack a land. Search your library for a land card and put that card onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. So here's why this card works great and why any of the stuff that Big Tuck has in the deck that says, as an additional cost to cast, do this, why mm -hmm. it's amazing. It's because if you have Ward out, you can conspire those spells, copy them, and you won't have to do the cast effect a second or third or fourth or fifth or whatever time. <laughs> or uh, all of them. <laughs> yeah, or any time ever. You just do it the one initial cast, right. and then all the other ones, you just get the great effect. Awesome. I think that's probably the best ramp card you have in the deck. Yeah, I agree. And like even without that, because like that's kind of like the later gameplay with it, right? Even though you might have ways to do it earlier. Um, even then, just like binning, this helps with mana fixing a lot. Like we didn't talk earlier. I'm a little heavy. I'm a little light on the green because this when I did this deck before, I didn't even care about what that color pie was. It might as well just sure. be a blank part on the on the screen. Um, and you can go get, you know, your mana fixings. You can go get your Temple of the False God potentially to kind of get you going there, depending on where you're at um it's just kind of a utility thing so i like it i like this a lot in this deck because i do run a fair amount of non-basics to go fetch up um but yeah if you can get it to copy it it's gonna go nuts and the good news with this is this just got reprinted so i think it's probably gonna go down in price because i'm looking at right now at 460 which is kind of yep. crazy yeah, but I think that, isn't that a modern card? Yeah, well, uh, I think it is, and it's just, I mean, like... 
It's the just a good card. Times, the amount of times I've used this to go get like a, a Nykthos or some other insane card. Like I've seen people go get Guy's Cradle with this, right? Um, especially because it comes onto the battlefield. Like you can have some insanely explosive turns. Sure. Um, but I think for this deck though, at the end of the day, you don't have those explosive lands. Sure. So if you were to tell me, no, I'd actually be happy casting it without its Conspire. I'd be like, that's trash. You should actually just swap that for your Stomping Ground and that would be better. Right. Uh, but if the plan is, you know what, when it is turn five or six and I'm trying to get ready to do the expel and close out the game, but but I want to go ahead and get another four or five lands, then I'm all on board. Sure, yeah. Uh, But no, crop rotation's awesome. Um, Fits into a lot of good decks. Well, what's your next card? So this is is kind of an underplayed, undersung uh, pantheon of the planes, if you will. So I was super happy to pick this one up. We were talking about the old lady. (gasps) Jaya Ballard! Coming in on the cam. Hey, oh, I wish y'all could have seen the hands flying around. Uh, she's the best grandma. <laughs> she is a great grandma. Um, and it's funny. So this, so there's a lot of things that are funny about this card. But so two, <laughs> two colorless, uh, three red for legendary planeswalker. Um, I'll read the first ability. You want to read the last two? Sure. Um, so it comes in with five legendary planeswalker Jaya. Uh, plus one, add three red. Send this man only to cast instant or sorcery spells. Not really an issue in this deck. Nope. Uh, and then it has another plus one ability, which is great. Yes. Discard up to three cards, then draw that many cards. As right. a plus, why not? Yep. Uh, and then minus eight. You get an emblem with you may cast instant sorcery cards from your graveyards. If a card was cast this way, it would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. Um, I don't know how often you're actually going to get to that. I think it's, this is more of just a ramp and draw. And if, hey, if I yeah. get to eight and I can do it, Great. I, I completely agree with you. Like, mostly for me, it's a ramp spell, right? Like, the plus three to go into an X goes a long ways, especially um, if you do it the turn after. If you're kind of sitting on some dead draws, like, you might have a bunch of lands and you're keep drawing them and you can't help yourself, it's a good way to pitch those. Um, the ultimate, I think, is fine, but, you know, that's not really what's in there. Um, the thing that I think is actually hysterical is that Jaya Blard... There was the first printing of her was like a planeswalker card where it had three abilities, and she was supposed to be like the premier red mage because you can see it like Jaya's <laughs> emulating Inferno and everything. And then out of nowhere, they're like, ah, Chandra Nalar. So she <laughs> fell, she fell completely by the wayside until Dominaria when they reprinted when they printed this card and actually gave her her planeswalker status. Um, but like. So I think that's just funny how they've like forgotten about what characters they even have potentially. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, Vorthos I'm nerd. A, I'm also not a complete Vorthos nerd, and also no, a second. It's been done. <laughs> All right. Well, that was my second one. So my last one. I'm actually yep. gonna swap up at the last minute because I just saw that you had this in here and I'm so happy because it allows you to possibly triple your spells. <gasps> We're talking the best eyewear, Pyromancer's oh, goggles. Yeah! <laughs> wait, what'd you have before? Uh, so initially I had Thrill of Possibility there because oh, once right. again, it was the whole additional cast to cost a spell, discard a card where it's like, ah, oh, if right. you get fire, you just draw a bunch of cards. But then I was scrolling as I saw the goggles and I'm like, no, oh, you gotta talk no, about goggles. goggles and, I, and I was afraid you wouldn't talk about the goggles. So uh, I'll read what it is. <laughs> you read its effect. No, that's a bottle opener. Oh, okay, gotcha. The way you're pointing it, I was like, I'm about to be stabs. Ah, aggressive. Uh, this is Pyromancer's Goggles, five color listed legendary artifact, Mythic. Uh, and almost $5. I know, right? 
and its effect. So um, add red to your mana pool. When that mana is spent to cast a red instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell, and you may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, copies and copies and copies and copies and copies. <laughs> so hopefully is what this turns into. So oh, by um, the way, and it does have flavor text that represents grandma. I hope oh. to meet Jaya Ballard one someday. I think we'd get along, Chandra and Alar. Let alone Chandra, you don't know that Jaya's a boomer and she hates you. <laughs> wow, topical. Uh, I love it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, we screwed up and we didn't make we didn't make Jaya the the actual planeswalker here. Um, but no, like, so I think I think Pyromancer's goggles kind of does a decent job of being a backup commander, right? One thing that does suck about this deck that's kind of hard to get around is that your commander does cost six. Yeah. So getting blown up and going to eight, even in a deck that has all the ramp that you could possibly think of, eventually you'll get to a point where you can't get her out. And the deck sure. kind of shuts down a little bit. Um, but this and another card, which we may or may not talk about later, uh, I want to make sure I had it in here because it was a late cut last week, I think. Um, this kind of gets you to the same place, right? Like, it gives you a mana and copies things. Um, the, the good thing is that even though it's not green, so you can't do any of those, like, shenanigans that we've talked about of, like, the crop rotations and whatnots of the world, but most, if not all, of the big X spells of how I usually close out the game have X in their command, have X in their color identity. Sure. They have red in their color identity that are an X spell. So even if they're even if they are two colors, red and green, this still is a way to get them copied and get going. It's an artifact. It's harder to get harder to remove. Um, I think no, it's not. Artifacts are easy to remove. But this, but by the time this gets going, I don't think. I think similar to Clothis, there should there will probably be quote unquote better targets until it's too late. I don't know. I think that's wishful thinking on your side. I mean, I know this card. If I see someone play it, it's, it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a kill on scene. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you you just don't know like right. what's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but no, cool. It's it's awesome. I, that is it is kind of crazy that it's getting up to five, especially out of Magic Origins, which was kind of not a so hot set. But yeah, you know what are you gonna do? But I'm glad we're, gonna... we're, I'm glad we're two for two, baby. We're back. Well, about the only thing we can do is wrap up the grain bill and head over to the hot profile. Uh, I'll kick this one off with what I truly believe is a gruel staple hull breach. Oh, yeah. Hull breach is awesome. So uh, you cast this for a red and a green. It's a sorcery, which is the only downside yeah. to it. And basically, you could choose three things. Either destroy target artifact or destroy target enchantment or destroy target artifact and target enchantment. So... Um, the reason that it's good that they word it that way is if the card just said destroy target artifact and target enchantment, right. you would have to destroy something of yours or you wouldn't even be able to cast a spell if there wasn't another target. Yeah. So this does give you the flexibility with wart. Oh, man. Um, considering the the goblin warrior she makes on her own, mm -hmm. if you tapped them to conspire, this just pays for the spell. Yes. And totally. then just cast it. And it's almost like casting it for free. And then you're blowing up a whole lot of stuff. And we always talk about how enchantments are real hard to get rid of. Yeah. Red has really no ways of doing it. Green has some. And this just like, okay, if I need to get rid of, you know, two enchantments, I can do it. Absolutely. And um, this also, I don't know if there's another card in here that costs four that we talked about about sometime in the last two weeks, I think, which we may or may not get into, but the th like I think I think the major point that you hammered on that I want to get onto is 
the fact that it's modular, right? That you can do what you want. Like the other card, I wanted to cons I wanted to conspire it and I was all ready for it and it was gonna be this big blowout and I was gonna be really excited. Turns out I didn't have one of the targets to even target on the battlefield minor oh, otherwise. That sucks. Yeah, so I was like, ah, damn it. Like I just totally wasn't paying attention. Um, I, I, like I said, the only thing that sucks with Hole Breach is the fact that it's at, it's at sorcery speed. But honestly, you know, in these colors, I don't know, you know, Cross and Grip is arguably better because it can't be countered, sort of. But again, for a buck 20, this card's going to do a lot of work on this. Get rid of some hurtful enchantments, get rid of some hurtful artifacts, clear the way for letting you do what you want to do best. Yeah, and totally think about it. What, how, how does your deck not function if your <laughs> commander gets neutralized? Yes. And what's the worst thing than getting imprisoned the moon? on your oh, commander. Oh my god, it'd be horrible. Like, Yeah, and, and so whole breach, so boom, you, you have an out. And like right. you said, you don't have a lot of interaction, which can kind of bite you in the butt sometimes. Mm -hmm. Having yeah. this, you know, even in the, in the 99, that's just like a worst case scenario, it's great. Yes, totally, totally agree with you. On board there. What's your first hops? So this is a card that I want, I had multiple copies of for some reason, and I once traded one straight up for a mint Bloodmire stain, one for one, which is insane. So we are talking one of the confluence cycles and arguably one of the better ones, Fiery Confluence. Oh, yeah. So it's at $9 now, which is still insane because it's never been reprinted. So two Don't worry, I have that one too. No, oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh, this this is one thing that's kind of hard with the internet. It's like usually I can like we can like and we can affect what we're trying to do, and then maybe the other person will pick it up, and then, oh, we, can, yeah. then we can make like a big stink about it. But here we are. Um, here we are. Yeah. So far, well, see, the, the, the bigger thing for me is I have you guys up video wise on one side of the screen, and then I have my tabs up on the other. Right. So I keep having to flip back and forth from my notes to your deck. Yeah. So I, it's like, wait, which one did I pick? Uh, and that's when I kind of like was just like, oh, I did pick that one. Hashtag that, that's struggles. My card. It's the, yeah. it's the it's a corn hashtag first world problems corn <laughs> corn struggles. So, um, I will do the. How about I do the everything except for the choices? Then you can take it from there. Okay. Okay. So fire confluence two colorless red red for a sorcery. It's a rare. Uh, choose three. You may choose the same board more than once and take it away, Mister Combo. And one of the choices you have to make is paying ten dollars for this card. Yeah, it's absurdness. I, uh, I, don't, I don't. I think I like I said. I think I had two copies of this lying around and sold one of them. So can't believe you got a minty bloodstain mire for it. It was twenty at the at the. It was like at the tournament I went to. This is when I was in Denver. It was like making huge waves in Legacy, and they were like, "We'll give you twenty bucks for it right now." And I was like, "Or you give me that Bloodstained Mire." Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so you can choose um, one of these modes more than once, but you have to choose three total. Correct. Fiery Confluence deals one damage to each creature. Uh, sure. Right. Uh, Fiery Confluence deals two damage to each opponent. That's a little bit better. It's a little better. And destroy target artifact. So once again, with this whole conspire and copying spells. Mm -hmm. You're not really doing this for one, two, or one artifact. You're probably doing it for three, six, and three artifacts. Absolutely. Um, the only the, I like the mode for a sweeper as well, right? The only thing that sucks is you like have to be extremely you sweep your careful. own stuff. Yes, exactly, right? Because everything like that's a problem in red. You know, like chain reaction would be really cool in here, but it just kills all your own shit, and then you're like out of luck, and you have to cast your commander for ten. Um, so usually, like usually, it, go, it goes artifact or if you do it right, it's if you copy this, it's twelve damage to each opponent for four. 
which is an insane rate, right? Um, yeah. And sometimes if you're playing like elves, when you cast it, you can copy it and burn out a bunch of elves or burn out a bunch of one ones and still keep um, your commander alive, which kind of goes into the token theme that we have as well. Uh, coming back from that, it's just insane. Like there's never been a time where I've, I like, when I remember when this first got spoiled, I was like, yeah, okay, great. It's like another, <laughs> it's another red burn spell for six. But when you copy it once, twice, three times, it just gets completely out of hand. It can really swing the game in your favor from one spell. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it goes back to what we talk about a lot on the podcast. You know, Command Zone's known for Vildek and Ori uh, and Ramp and Card Draw. We should be known for Modular uh, <laughs> because I, I, I think Big Tuck and I are hardcore on any magic card commander instant sorcery enchantment whatever it is if you have choice when you cast it or it's on the battlefield that's even better for you because yes. then it's not really fiery confluence really isn't just one card it's really three cards Correct, in yeah. one so do, now it's like oh i've multiplied my grip just kind of like how the whole breach it's kind of like three cards in one sure yeah, so yeah, yeah. Any, anything that you have multiple cards on there and you have choice that's amazing <laughs> it's just gonna be war choose tribal Oh, I like it. Uh, speaking of command zone. I'm coming for you, Jimmy. <laughs> All right. And so since that was my second one, uh, yeah. we're going to my last one. Run it again. Huh. I, 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 I like this card. It seems interesting. I'm just curious when you do it. So okay. we're talking benefactors drought. Ah, yeah. So, colorless green, instant, untap all creatures until end of turn whenever a creature an opponent controls blocks, draw a card. Draw a card. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I mean, I guess you would conspire so you could copy this and then you have multiple untaps and then you try to do some rigmarole yeah or you just use this as a politic card i mostly i mostly use it for rigmarole right like untap cryptolith rights do this copy it tap to uncryptolith rights again tap your mana dorks that sort of thing draw a card um that's the most that i do with it uh like i said and also this card is insanely almost four dollars yeah, which is bonkers. But um, I, that's mostly what I use it for is like to get up to that like giant mana through. Um, I don't know if I have it in here anymore, but like the Fraley's enchantment, which I should put in if I don't have it anymore, especially considering the cuts I'm doing. Um, but and again, like sometimes we'll be going into the red zone and this can this can be a way that if I'm swinging in with a bunch of tokens and then I can refill my grip and try to find something better to do, second like main phase. That's mostly what's in, but mostly like anything that says tap, untap, or anything that says tap that I can copy is kind of in there for like the long run, right? So this card's this was one that was kind of on the chopping block for me a little bit, a little, yeah. a little bit, right? Because it's like, I don't know if this is the right... I don't know if this is the right build of the deck for it. I'm sure, sure. this goes crazy in Wills because he's swinging in with a million goblins and they're going to block. But in this deck, mostly it's just to like ramp up, continue to ramp up um, and hopefully pay into something that's massive. Yeah, I, I really look at this thing is I don't. I guess it's nice that it's an instant speed and you have the option Correct, to maybe yeah. save yourself or save an opponent that's been an ally. Yeah. Um, but I could see this more just even in your main phase. You're like, OK. I think I can win. I just need to be able to conspire a couple times. Correct. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's do that. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And again, like this is this has saved my this has saved my bacon one time in the past where I was all tapped out of my blockers and someone's about to crack back and then I could play this Ooh. to tap them. Which again, I like that, it. That's like that. That again was one time 
five years ago, right? So I don't know. But like, I, I still think it's got. I still think it's got the the wings for it. Um, with I, my, I think the thing you have to just think about at the end of the day, you don't have a lot of interaction. Right, yeah, exactly. So you got to have something to save your bacon, per se. It's, it's like something. having Teferi's Protection just randomly in a white deck, even though it maybe doesn't fit. It's just like, well, well I this could to, I save to, me the one time. I have to have something. Yes. Yeah, totally. Well, what's your last hop? Well, actually, I have two more. So I only did fire, I've only done Fire and Confluence. Oh, <laughs> So uh, we'll be one of them super quick. Um, this one, this one is one that's not so much. This is a card I like a lot. Um, so volcanic, volcanic visions. Yep. Five colors, red, red. Return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Volcanic visions deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost. Each creature your opponent's control, then exile it. Right. So the worst case scenario, like this is like for one. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Or yeah. To your point, like comet storm for two. Right. But yeah. usually when you're doing that, it's been countered and it's in the graveyard intentionally. The best case is to get some of those higher level um, cards back, you know, like Blasphemous Act as Monster, Seasons Past, um, Shamanic Revelation, like these sort of things that cost like three, four, five, six. And then you wipe out everyone and kind of gives you kind of gives you a little bit more breathing room is how I look at this. Um, I've also noticed that I have a small amount of graveyard interaction in terms of getting stuff back from my graveyard. It's mostly kind of costly like i said seasons past is six um predators council i think is seven or eight so this is kind of another way to do that late game and kind of sweep um like i said it's best to do it that way but sometimes i've done my x spells they keep getting countered they go to the yard and like i can come back get to burn out a token deck and then try to win on the next the next go around so i mean like i, I think it's over costed but i think this card does a lot in a lot of spell slinging decks no, I mean, I think it's fine. And uh, I mean, for your deck, meh. It's kind of it's, it's on the edge, like the more, yeah. the more the more I've looked at it, right? Like, like, like I run this in my Jota deck because almost all the instant or sorceries are, that I would want to get back uh, are gazillion. massive. Yeah. Yes. In yours, it could be like a 50-50 thing. Sure. But I guess, you know, if the way that you're going to win the game is you're going to X people out, uh, like X going to give it to you, no, then you're going to have to... You beat me to it. That's exactly ah. what I was going to say. Well done. Uh, but so you would have to get your X spell back. So if it does get countered right. and then the blue player is like, aha, suck it, Grognard. You could be like, aha, seven, I get it back and then I'll yeah. do it again. Totally. And like, again, like getting, like even getting back something like, an, so sometimes I like to save them till later, but like even fire confluence, like I'm trying to save that till late game, right? Where I can do sure. things with it. But sometimes you have to burn it early just to clear the board and live for another turn, right? So like getting that back, dealing four out is, it feels really good. Uh, see also like decimate kind of falls in that same thing. So like best case scenario you're gonna get back something that's like greater than three and at least get some sort of value out of it worst case scenario is when you get back a comet storm for two and it's like oh all right so now i have one turn to live um, fair enough well, what's your last one, one the last one is a pet card of mine and friend of the cast scooty shuffles who introduced me to this one here we go Alley-oop. yep so hornet queen she is a big old mama. So four colorless, green, green, green for an insect. Uh, two, two flying, death touch. When it enters the battlefield, put four green, one, one green insect creature tokens with the flying and death touch on the battlefield. So this card is highly overcosted. And yes. I have no real way to recur it. So there's pretty much two ways that this thing is good. One is I can ramp crazy and get this out on like turn four. And the board is just like gummed up. 
And the fact it gives me tokens that are green also lets me cast half of my spells in my spell book and copy them. So again, the problem is this deck really suffers to go wide decks, um, decks that attack. And this is a card that if you can get it down early enough, is kind of a way to stall that out. Right. It's gonna make people think about attacking you. It's gonna change the way they're gonna attack you and who they're gonna attack you with, um, as well as giving you some tokens. So I will say there has been two times that I've seen this card in the game. One of them was in my opener and I immediately discarded it to <laughs> thrill possibility and never thought about it again. The second was near the end of the game. I was I was like struggling just to like keep the board of control till I could get into my ramp spells, right? Like I had my ramp packet or I had my um I had the ramp package going great. I had my copy spells out, ready to go. And I just needed like another turn just to dig one up. And I casted Hornet Queen. It was exactly what I was looking for. All the death touch, all the flyers. No one was getting in the red zone. And then literally the next top deck I had was the expo closed out with Comma Storm for like 36 for four. So again, not gonna happen every time. And this card probably in reality could probably slot into the spice package a little bit more than in the yeah. hops. But yeah. still, I love Hornet Queen. I think it's a really cool card. It was one of the ones that came out in M15 that I, this is like when I started getting back into magic. So I know it's a crazy card, maybe not the best, but I like her in the deck. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for, for something that you need interaction wise with your opponents, I think for seven mana, there are better things in green oh, sure, yeah. that you could probably go get, um, especially since she's two dollars. I think all those other cards are probably cheaper <laughs> uh, than she is. I, I mean, heck, with um, you, you could just go get a what fire ran, like a like a rampaging uh, Baloths. That would be fine because you play a lot of lands. Yeah, and so you know you're creating those four four beasts. I did. I did. Uh, I did have a bailoff in here, but the problem is once you get up there, I'm not like the most times I play this deck is my ramp goes hard and fast and then kind of levels out. So I think like and and again it's like it's kind of the same issue we've had with Bayloth here where it's like it seems great in a lot of decks but then you play it I think I actually had it in here a couple iterations ago and I drew it and I was like well I've already ran out all my ramp spells so I guess I'm just gonna pay six and get well you know turn. what you could swap out this Hornet Queen for the new Godzilla and you oh, probably still like, do the same I like that a lot <laughs> <laughs> all right well guys that's gonna ramp up that hot profile now we're gonna head over to how this deck closes out and yeast tuck what do you got all right so this is a card that i was very excited to get and it's also two dollars and 73 cents which is kind of nuts but it's a spoiler alert sorcery from battle bond okay i guess you don't have it so um we're talking <laughs> bonus round so colorless red red until end of turn whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell that player copies it and they choose new targets for that copy so this is there i have a reverberates and like a fair amount of the other copy spells in this but really where this goes nuts is if i have this is the kind of play where if i have a bunch of x spells but not a gazillion mana this is where this this is where this shines right so instead of playing one x spell for 10 i can play two for four a piece maybe and then this will copy both of them, then I still get the same effect. So here's the thing about bonus round. Mm -hmm. um, I, it's a cute card, but I don't think it does necessarily what, I mean, yes, you're basically paying three and you get one extra copy. Right, for, because, each, for each spell that you cast that turn. 
Yes, but usually with Conspire, you're trying to copy your own spells that are on the right. stack, and bonus round won't see those copies, so you're just getting right. the initial. So, but this is so, like, this for me is like another backup sort of win con, right? Fair. Like, okay, so I, you're more you more have this in a case Wart is just out of commit. Because there's been a bunch of times where I've played this and Wart just gets killed over and over and over again, right? Which is smart and the way to do it. So like this one, even if you cast it, you know, mid game and then you can copy cultivates or you know crop rotations or whatever, right? Like I think this kind of sets you up for the next big turn or can still close it out. Um, that's why I run it. Like I don't really run it as a. I don't run it as a like big winner if I have war. It's more of like war is going to get targeted and killed over and over and over again, right? So having these sort of copy spells that copy more than one um, really kind of play into it pretty well. Okay, fair so, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It's it's cute. Well, one of mine is a copy spell as well because I know what this thing can do. We're talking reverberate. Oh baby, one of my favorites. Yeah, double red, copy target, instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So the thing I like about it is that... It's a counterspell. It's a counterspell. With war, you can conspire it to Mm -hmm. have it copy and copy and copy and copy. And if you ever put any type of storm effect or anything in here, you just go infinite and you burn everyone out. (laughs) Uh, But then also the thing I like about it is that you can conspire this spell to have two copies, but right. if your opponent casts something amazing, yeah, copy whatever they're doing, you know, oh, you did expropriate? You know what? I would love to expropriate. Yeah, I'll take two. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so it just gives you a lot of flexibility, and you're right. At worst case, it's basically a red counter spell. And, on- and honestly, like, so I was looking through when I brewed my last the beer before the one I just bottled, it was a red ale, and I literally looked through all my decks and tried to find this the red spell I had the most copies of. It was this. Like, oh, that's I, awesome. Like, I, honest, I honestly think, and I know we go on a limb a lot here, in my opinion, this is a mono-red staple. Like, any, really? mono, any mono-red deck that has it, this is just a mono-red counterspell, right? Two mana does the exact same thing as a counterspell at worst, right? Like, that's at its most utility. At its best utility, this is going to copy the spell that you're going to do a ton of damage with. It's going to copy a spell that's going to get you a lot of cards. It's going to copy an extra turn spell. Like... It's so good for both you and it's so good like for you and your opponents, right? There's a reason that Fork was the powerhouse and was restricted for so long as it sure. was. So in any mono red deck that wants to have something, some sort of response to anything, you know, um, even like an exsanguinate or even a torment of hellfire if you're going against black, right? Oh god, an exsanguinate! Like, oh, you think you won? Yeah. How about just again, asshole? <laughs> so um, I just think it's really good. So I, like, I've had a lot of copies of it. Um, it's one of my sort of pet cards, and it's still like a buck forty-five. So again, I think it's one of those things that you can pick up and you can literally put it in something. Yeah, totally agree. Well, what's your next yeast? So this is one of my big boys, and this was also inspired by a guy that I remembered in Fort Collins, who I don't remember his name because I don't know why. Um, He had this deck, and I think this is like, you could literally cut 10 cards from this and make it into this deck. We're talking Omnath's Locus of Rage. 
He is. I'm cutting this are guy. You? Okay, I don't. I don't blame you. Um, but just because you did say the statement earlier that most of your ramp happens it, it super early, early, so that means yeah. you're getting all the lands. I agree. So I can agree with that, and I'm okay. I'm okay with that. But Omnath is awesome. So three colorless, red, red, green, green, five, five, mythic. Uh, he has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under control, put a five, five, red, green elemental creature token on the battlefield. Whenever it or another elemental creature you control dies, it deals uh, three damage to any target creature or player. To your point, it's kind of the Rampaging Bayloth argument. However, I would say for one more mana than Rampaging Bayloth, this could be a game winner if it is the late game mana sink, mana sink thing that we have that we talked about, right? I don't think that's going to happen, but the, yeah. the times where I've seen this, I've been able to get him out and then do like Seasons, or um, not that one, Boundless Realms like we talked about, and just go ham, right? Again, Ward been killed a gazillion times, um, and I just needed something to do, right? I need some big monster creature that's going to make a big thing on the board. Now, could it be cut? Probably. Probably should be. But, again, this was in the meta I was playing in. Having this in the deck was like a kind of like, aha, suck it to this guy. <laughs> and, again, so, I have, like, I've done so few, like... Runs. I've done so few yeah. cuts. I've done so few so few reviews of this deck because again, it's just like a deck I play for fun. Um, I just I think Omnath Books of Rage is kind of amazing um, as a creature, and I like having them in the deck as a non-commander as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the argument that I have for Omnath Locus of Rage is if you're not running him as the commander, then what's he doing in the deck? Right. He, he just, it, his effect with the landfall and creating that, it is an amazing effect. And that's why he costs seven. Correct. Yeah. But it's the fact that he does cost seven. And that unless you're so doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unless you're doing some weird, like 60 land gruel build where maybe, I don't know if you're talking about a very generous goblin. Uh, I am, and I am oh, okay. very excited about so, that. <laughs> okay, so the, the card that Big Tuck will talk about next, like, unless he's your commander, and that's just a generic thing, right. and it's like, hey, I'm going to run 60, 75 lands, and I'm going to run all the creature tutors, because really this is a secret Omnath Locust of Rage deck. Ooh. I just don't see, I don't see the point of it. Uh, right. But the, the only thing I will say is a saving grace for Wart is that he is gruel mm -hmm. the elementals he makes are gruel mm -hmm. so you can conspire them for whatever you it, whatever spell you exactly. cast but i don't think it's worth it yeah that, and that's fair and like he is like there's a reason why he costs as much as he does right so but then i'm like the commander the people i've seen play commanders play him as commanders it's kind of like as soon as you see him if you don't immediately hold up a removal spell for him, you're like kind of a moron. <laughs> you're like, as soon as he comes out, he needs to be killed immediately. Fair enough. Well, that was my second. Uh, so what was so your my third? Nope, this is my second. So your second, okay. Uh, so my second is one of your big boy cards. <gasps> uh, this is actually the one I thought you were talking about. Treacherous yeah, Terrain. Yeah, boy! So this guy is six colorless gruel, red green. Uh, it's a sorcery, and he does have basic land cycling, two colorless. Discard this card, switch your library for a basic land, put it into your hand, which is actually why I wanted to talk about it because it gives you once again the modular it's a, it's effect. It's a choice. It's a choice. Yep. Um, and so its main effect says treacherous terrain deals damage to each opponent equal to the number of lands that player controls. And the great thing about this is that since it's a gruel spell, you could tap any color of creatures you have to copy it and that will most likely when you're casting this thing for eight your yeah. opponent's most
most likely are also at eight ish. Oh, or more. It's going to deal six, sixteen damage to. Them. Well, I mean, you do ramp quick, so sure. it, it could be a point to where, but they're going to bare minimum take twelve up oh, to yeah. 20 24 something like that um and we did talk about volcanic vision mm -hmm. so if it is early game you'd be like you know what i'll basic land cycle this i'll eventually be able to get it back out of my graveyard clear their boards and then cast it conspire it a couple times exactly and do my thing i've won i this card i think outside of comet storm which is in here and we may or may not talk about it um i think this card has won me the most games out of any card in this deck like it, it's just like you just sit on it and sit on it and sit on it and like you said you cycle it um being able to copy this like two three times at late in the game when people have been digging each other it's just a monster and like like i said even if you get this in your opening hand you have chances to get it back right so this is not the only win card in the deck so i don't feel bad cycling it just to go get that third land to go into cultivate in x y and z sure um it's just a, it's just a complete monster card and i think it's like what 47 cents so not every yep. rule deck wants it but this one for sure wants it and wants it bad yeah well uh go ahead do your last one i know you're excited about this are guy on, are we on the same board on this one or no nope okay i did i did put him into my ruik thor though nice so. oh hell, hell yeah so um this is a shout out to the adult uh magic channel star city oh, games God. versus commander uh, for this winter so we were talking fresh off the presses from uh eldraine we were talking yep. grumgoli the generous Colorless green and a red uh, three three goblin shaman legend not mythic. Each other non human creature you control enters the battlefield with a one one counter on it. So I did a qu I did some quick maths and there's literally only one human in this entire deck who's young pyromancer who's also an all star but also doesn't ever get in the red zone. So it's all <laughs> goblinos and other ones and their friends each time get a little little bigger. So yeah, um, well and I, once again we have to call back to me and Big Tuck sucking because this is. From throne it's an amazing card at uncommon yes we clearly don't know how to judge sets <laughs> so don't listen to us. that was pre-heater we're on a heater now but that was pre-heater <laughs> yeah no it, it is insane um i mean the i so when we get to the chopping block here in a second i think i am gonna put a little bit more token assist into this deck Fair. most mostly just because it like worst case scenario it can there are more bodies to conspire with um, that's kind of best case. Worst case scenario is they're just like blockers, right? Like yep. the second it's overrun so quick. Um, and Grumgoli can do things where um, we may be talking about it, but there's a way that you can make a bunch of Seder tokens potentially and make them even bigger. And then they come out with haste and all that jazz. Um, I just think, honestly, it's just a really good card in any deck yep. like this, right? Like you just said you put it in Rook Thar. Yep, yeah. I, I think I ended up cutting um, Kiki Jiki from it because I needed that for my Brutoclad 7 Dwarf deck. Good man. Uh, well, really? Because, I mean, I just put it in another uh, kind of ridiculous deck. Well, uh, but anyways, it fits in that deck. <laughs> it fits in the Gruul, the Rufar deck. Uh, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up taking him out, and I was like, I need something. And I also, like you, pulled a foil. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? This kind of fits. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's jam it in. I love the card. I think it's cool. Like, I would be interested to see if someone wants to run this as their commander. Like, I think that could be an interesting build around. Um, but in this deck, like I said, even making even making Wart a 4-4 and your Goblins 2-2s two out the gates, like, it makes things like Fiery Confluence a little better. Um, all that kind of jazz. So, I, I have... I have not. Wait, did I see this? I don't know if I've seen this yet or not, but this is an all star, in my opinion, in Wart in decks. Awesome. 
So what do you got? You got one more in you, don't you? I got one more one in more. me. And once again, I've been on this modular kick with your deck. <laughs> We're talking a clan defiance. Oh, so. yeah. That this is X and Gruel, uh, rare. Uh, another choose one or more. Uh, Clan Defiance gets X damage to target creature with flying, deals X damage to target creature without flying, and deals X damage to target player. So, Big Tux, as it says choose one or more, you could technically pick all three, correct? Uh, I believe that is a legal Magic the Gathering move. Okay, uh, and then you can Spire, and then you'll pick them all again. Correct. Uh, yeah, so I kind of look at this as, once again, you kind of pick your poison at the mm -hmm. time that you need it, and the thing I really like about it is I feel like your deck would suffer from flyers yes. outside of oh. your one Hornet Queen. Correct. And I think your deck suffers from any type of Voltron with some sort of uh, evasion. Yes, definitely. Like, you're, like, so, you're, like for example, we've talked about before. You're too fast, too loose. This is that would be a very tough deck for this to come back to. Yeah. Um, and so what I like about this is that you can't, since it is to target player and it's not to each opponent mm -hmm. or anything like that for the damage. You can be like, you know what? I'm going to kill this person, but then the, each of these guys have things that I can't necessarily handle. Right. So let me instead of instead of trying to put damage at their face, let me point it at their creatures and make them rebuild because that'll take a rotation and maybe I'll get another X spell or I already have one in Correct. hand yeah. and I'll be able to deal with them at a later date. Yeah, and, and again, like even casting this for like this is this card has done me so much work when I'm getting heat down and not even being able to conspire it, but like someone's got a big dragon and someone else has a, a creature that's coming in and someone else is like almost on the cusp of dying. Even being able to do this like without conspire is amazing. But again, like once you can get this up to 12 and you're doing it three times, you're like, okay, I'm gonna kill this guy. I'm gonna neuter the rest of the board. Um, yep. Yeah, again, I kind of, I'm starting to think back of like this kind of modular Incense and sorceries. I don't know. I don't know enough about the the game, evidently, to think if that's a if that's a viable build. But I don't. I think that's. I think that's kind of cool. Gosh, every turn. I see. Clearly, that's not one you would pick for the end of our drinkathon nights. No, 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 no. This deck, like this deck, is definitely one that's like uh, like unless we're just sticking around. This is a deck I'm gonna play like first or second. Just be like, okay, I gotta be in my wits about me. Like, let's, get, let's get this out of the way. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the East Package. Now we're going to head over to the Limited Spices. Uh, uh, there wasn't a lot of options in here. <laughs> well, I think we all agreed Hornet Queen could probably go in. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to start off with one um, that I... I'm interested to know if you've played it and if people actually target it, because I feel like it should be a kill on site. But then I start questioning myself when I talk about it. We're talking about Charmbreaker Devils. Ah, very interesting. Five colorless red. It's a devil four four. At the beginning of your upkeep, return an instant or sorcery at random from your graveyard to your hand. And then the last bit of text is kind of irrelevant. Uh, whenever you cast yeah. an instant or sorcery, it, it gets plus four plus so till end of turn. You don't really have evasion in the deck, so it Correct, doesn't matter yeah. how big you get. Someone could just chump. But with you casting a lot of these spells, I even think he would be good in your ramp because if you ramp mm -hmm. early and you get him out, you're gonna get your ramp cards back to hand, yeah. and then you're gonna ramp some more. You do it a late game when you're doming people, no longer the concern is, oh man, this guy just died, now I gotta worry about myself dying, and then this other person next to me, 
I got to get rid of the charm breaker yeah. in case they get that X spell back. It's like a I got to save up mana for counters. I got to try to swing Correct. into the red zone and kill you right now. So does have you played charm breaker devils and do people kill him on site like they should? So or does are you so dangerous at that point they don't even focus on it? I think the, I have played this a couple times before and the couple times they got killed when I only had ramp in the graveyard and then the person that okay. tricked the other people into killing them just won the game like soon after because they wasted the removal me? on him. It wasn't you. This is in four oh, okay. this, is, this is in four <laughs> columns. Um, but like there has been times where all abilities are relevant, right? So like there was a time where I can't I think I only had like fiery confluence and another like single another like sort of creature board wipe in there and then every turn i would just board wipe with it and then swing in on someone and kill and like ding them down for damage so like even that was relevant you know when when you're getting those board wipes going um i don't think it's ever been a thing where this is like kill on site but honestly like in this deck it probably should be especially if it's late game where it's like do you really want to take the gamble of me getting cultivate or comet storm again or fire yeah. confluence or any of these other cards um for but for 41 cents i just think this card does a ton right like it's yeah little, well it and if you think about it, it actually does some really cool synergy with Clothis, God of Destiny, because mm. if it's late game and it's like, you know what? I got a uh, charm breaker in hand. I'm going to start exiling my ramp stuff sure. in the graveyard because I don't need it. And now I'm just going to have these comet right. storms in here. So I'm guaranteed to get it. These bangers. No, I completely agree. And like I said, there's not really that much graveyard shenanigans that I'm going to be doing. So usually usually it's going to be a card that i really want right and then like worst case yeah. it's another card that you can bend to throw a possibility or something along those lines too cool well what is your spice so this is what i think you actually brought up during your america deck uh yeah backdraft Hulkite. <laughs> totally cutting it <laughs> really Oh man. Uh, I think so. Okay. So yeah. um three colorless red red for four four flyer. Whenever it attacks, each instant sorcery card in your graveyard gains flashback until end of turns. A flashback cost is equal to its mana cost. So I get it's kind of heavy-handed insofar as it doesn't have haste and that sort of thing. Um, but when I've seen this out and I have seen it before, this is something that can like completely turn the game in your favor. Um a lot of times this can eat a removal spell that kind of opens you up. Um other times it gives you a cold, it's gotten me a cultivate before it's gotten me a fire confluence before i think i've gotten i think actually when i played with uh mr squee and a couple other people this actually let me cast treasure's mr. train squee. and copying it several times oh, wow so um I, I get it's a little over it's a little overhanded for what it does but man like i think this card does work um it's also a blocker in a worst case scenario right it, it can help you a little bit with getting out some chumps getting out some beast tokens and that sort of thing but like in reality when you get that card that you want out like it's usually going to be the way that you can win a game no uh i, I it's exp it's ex yeah. it's expensive and it doesn't have haste right yeah like i can see i can see your point there um but i do like the fact that it's all of the it's all of the instances sorcery so like even if you only get a crop rotation and something else that ramps you and that's all you have and you can cast multiple in a turn i think that's still pretty good granted it is a big big guy right and yeah. it's gonna take you a turn but if you can get that turn if you can get this out before people start you know really building out their boards i think this can do a lot of work in this deck and like mid to late game 
That's fair. That's fair. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to head over to the bottle capping. And a reminder, these are going to be big tucks and eyes, cuts, and recommendations to the deck that are going to be under five bucks, under $50, and a personal recommendation. Big tuck, start taking us home. So I almost did all Theros cards, but I stopped myself. <laughs> Just so it'll be too much on, but this is one. So I am actually going to cut Fires of Yavimaya. Really? Yeah. This just because it doesn't do it doesn't really do what I want it to. So I'm not gonna swing in with my commander. I'm not gonna be swinging in with the goblin tokens and the other ways that I can So Omnath Locus of Rage makes no sense now. I mean maybe. Like it, it still works for a board wipe, right? Because you can sure. just dome everyone. Um but like it just doesn't really it doesn't do much for it, right? The the sacrifice effect of getting plus two plus two until end of turn does nothing in this deck, right? Like what, okay. what am I gonna turn Wart into a five five and get in the red zone that way? Um but we didn't, I mean, you're all excited about your uh, Grum Goalie giving everyone plus one. I do, but it, like the things that it'll create, like the um, Revel of the Fallen God, they come into place. They come into play with haste. Goblin War Party, like when you do that right, it comes into play with haste. Um, sure. Those are the kind of the ways that you want to get the haste out to win. The elementals coming into the battlefield from like Young Pyro. I'm not really going to swing in or do enough with that. Those are mostly going to be blockers. So um, I am going to cut that for a card that's going to give me a little bit more redundancy. Um, and I think it's going to give me a little bit longer in the tooth of the game. It's fresh out the presses and just crushing it in the limited formats. We're talking Underworld Breach. Oh, yeah. Cut. I almost did this did one. You? Almost. Almost, yeah. yeah. So each non-land card in your graveyard has escaped. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost, plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. At the beginning of your end step, sacrifice sure. underworld breach. So, you know, I think there's other decks that can use it a little bit more, but mostly for me, this is like a late game kind of card where I'm running out of X spells, or maybe I've been them because of X, Y, and Z. This is like a great chance to get those out. Worst case scenario is you might be able to get like one or two ramp cards out of it, but for two mana, I think this card just has opens up a lot of opportunities, right? Like in a sense, it's kind of a modular card because you can choose what you want out of it. Um, and again, like later, if your stuff's getting countered, if you're filling up your graveyard with your ramp spells, you're gonna have stuff to exile out of it, maybe discarding some lands. This card, I think, has, all the, has the potential to do a lot in this deck. And right now, as we're at, it's still only $2. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I don't have an argument against that. It's, uh, it's kind of, I mean, honestly, I think that would almost be better than the backdraft Hellkite because be, yeah. it's a lot less mana and uh, you know you can kind of just do it whenever right yeah when um, it comes down and, and to your point like this is something you can play early to get your ramp spells back or something you can play late to burn everyone out with as well yep yep but no i think that's a that's a great ad yeah, um, uh, I'm, right. I'm looking forward to hopefully picking one up uh hopefully irl in the next month but we shall see yeah all right what do you got i don't think that's all right, I'm cutting Omnath. We already mm. talked about it. Uh, for a card, I was actually shocked you did not have in the deck. Artifact Mutation. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Gruel. Red, green, instant. Destroy target artifact. It can't be regenerated. Create X, 1-1 one, one green sapperling creature tokens, where X is this artifact's converted mana cost. Uh, I mean, do you have an argument on why you wouldn't have it in here? Probably because at the time it was still $3, and I think I only have one copy of it. <laughs> oh, okay, fair. Uh, no, uh, but I, I, I can't think of it. I, I, I don't know why it wouldn't be in there. Um, well, you know, you could definitely trade in that Omnath for two to three copies oh, of Omnath as well as triple the price. I'll put them in a different deck. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but no, it, it'll, yeah. you know... 
at the, we always go worst case, best case. Right. Worst case, you're not going to cast it if it's CMC, I would say four or less. Correct. Um, you're going to cast this on the... Uh, and, you know, and I will say in our play group at least, artifacts are kind of becoming a thing mm -hmm. again. We got multiple Alayla decks. Yeah. People are starting to do more artifact ramp. Decks are getting more streamlined. Totally. So you know what? Casting that on a three and dynamo Ooh. doesn't feel bad. And then if you great. can conspire that into, you know, the degenerate player like me that may have the Grim Monolith, it's like cool. I still get two Sapperlings and stop it in the combo. Even I'm happy. on a Soul Ring doesn't feel bad. Like I'm paying two to rob you of. I'm paying two to rob you of two, and I'm getting a one out of it. Right? Like. I mean, it's not ideal, yeah. but if you can, yeah. if you have to, if you can spire it and you have two different options to go with, and you just like two people sure. soul rings, that's pretty rad. No, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea fair. why I have this. I have this in my, I just checked. I have this in Anafenza, and I have way better removal on that, so it's probably going to get snipped. There we go. All right. Well, what's your under 50? So this card has bit me in the ass so many times because I keep forgetting it's the wrong card. So I am going to cut Animus Awakening. Okay. Because <laughs> What do you think it is? Uh, I always think it's Journey into whatever. The, oh, the, Eternity? Yeah, the green Journey spell whenever I have it. So I always get really excited. Um, so Animus Awakening, I think, is actually a really cool card. Um, X green, reveal the top X cards of your library, put all lands cards from among them onto the battlefield, tapped, and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Spell Mastery, if you if there are two more instances of sorcery cards in your graveyard, untap those lands. I So I keep forgetting, I think I only have... I have like 35 lands in here, right? Plus all the ramp. Yep. And there's been so many times where I've drawn this and it's like, I'm going to go for four and pray, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. And I think, and to, to your original point, I think this is definitely one of those cards that's like not really a one drop. This is actually really like a four to eight drop in reality sure. of how, how far you want to go. So for me, I think it makes more sense to get something in that slot that's gonna give me some ammo, give me some protection. So I'm cutting that for a card, Tender Shoot Dryad. So Tender Shoot Dryad's four and a, four and a green ascend. If you control ten or more permanents, you get the saves blessings for the rest of the game. Uh, it's a two-two at the beginning of each cup, each up. Keep create a one-one green sapling creature token. Sapling you control get plus two plus two as long as you have the saves blessings. So this, yeah, that's fine. this is exactly what I want this deck to do. Gives me more tokens to conspire with, gives me blockers, and can potentially make them big, right? Like, arguably, you could cut this for um, Hornet Queen, because it kind of does the same thing. No one's going to remove this probably on sure. the first turn around. Um, and again, it triggers off of Grim Goalie because none of them are humans, so they get even bigger. It just seems like this is a card that can really push this, can push this deck up um, in the blockers into saving yourself, which again, it's like, that's mostly been the issue with the deck because I just get killed too early before I can even build a board state. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would do it in place of Hornet Queen yeah. just because Hornet Queen doesn't have a way to make more death touching right. insects. And I have no way you to know, bring it back from the graveyard. Yeah, totally. I mean, if you really lent all the way into the token build and had your doubling season mm, and your parallel yeah, right. lives and stuff like that, then I think Hornet Queen would have an argument for being better. Uh, but the fact that you don't, I would actually say to do that cut. And I actually liked that card because uh, I'll kind of shift my cut for mine. I was actually going to cut Boundless Realms ah. because I felt kind of the same way for six and, a uh, six and a green. Search your library for up to X basic land cards where X is the number of lands you control, then put them onto the battlefield tapped and shuffle your library. I personally felt by the time you actually cast it for seven, 
you probably have most of your basics out there. Um, probably. So it's, because it's, I it's, complete, it's been completely hit or miss because th there's been a lot of times where I've cast that and gotten all the basics, right? And there's been times where I copied it and got the rest of them. Um, there's also been times where I failed to find. But the, yeah. so like, again, it's, it's very high risk, high reward, but pretty much like if, if Boundless Realms resolves, I'm going to win the next turn. So I'm going to give you a card that you'll probably win with regardless. Sure. Uh, and it's a card that I think we've actually talked some trash on. Uh, it came out in a commander set. Mm. Uh, but you've talked a lot about how Wart, usually if people are smart, they remove her. Right. So it seems like Wart, you probably, some games probably cast her for 10. And then I guess at 10, you probably stop. Yeah, it's usually kind of uh, Usually cast yeah. her. Yeah, you cast her three times. We're talking Fury Storm. Oh, uh, yeah. I know you so got a copy. I, I was wondering about that. This was, this was kind of on my list, too. So two colorless red red instant, which I think is great. Yes. When you cast this spell, copy it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. You may choose new targets for the copy. Copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Mm -hmm. So basically, the absolute worst case scenario is it's a really bad counter spell. Yeah, right. You're paying worse. four for it. Yeah. But I think when you're actually casting this and Ward's been, say, even removed once, so you cast her for eight, you're going to conspire the spell. So then you're going to copy it a whole bunch of Correct, times. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to get four copies of this on the stack to copy another spell, which you'll probably be able to conspire that one as well. So then that one's kind of going double. And so now you got like seven copies <laughs> on the stack. Um, I think that's a game winner. And it's only at 69 cents. I guarantee it's probably sitting in your chaff somewhere. I, think, I, I either traded this or I still have a copy or I might have actually put it into the three-way uh, custody deck. <laughs> um, but no it, uh, so this was one I was kind of on the cusp with like even then like to your point I'm not going to be copying any spells until I cast my commander at least once and sure. if wart's gone and this is going to do it for two already so again this is like this is kind of like a backup you know, wart ability when you really look at it, right? Like it's gonna. Yeah. Uh, gosh, what was that card that you talked about in your the, yeast? A uh, bonus round. Yeah. It's just like a. It's like a one mana more bonus round to have it at instant speed. Right. But the upside is just yeah huge. huge. Yeah. Like this could be a total blowout on its on, in and on its own. And and that's why I think if you cut out the boundless realms for that, you say boundless realms, you're gonna win next turn. I think you win the, the turn this you turn cast. Up, this. Yeah. That's a fair point. Especially because, like you said, I'm. Only running 16 basics and i have all the ways to find them yep so yeah i'm on board cool well what's your personal recommendation so i'm actually how'd you break the bank <laughs> cannot <laughs> impossible um so i'm actually gonna cut uh devil's play okay so devil's play is super simple it's x and red devil's play deals x damage to any target flashback x and three red i'm kind of surprised i figured you wanted more x spells yeah, but like I have I have other ones that do this, but better, right? It's only one target. Um, I mean, even like you touched you touched on like clan defiance is better. Banefire, in my opinion, is better because it can't be countered. It just doesn't really it does. I feel like it just doesn't do much, right? Like there's been a lot of times where I've had this in hand and I'm like, okay, even if I copy it, I can only kill one person and then it's just a dead card. Right. So okay. I, I don't know. But like, so going back onto the more of the token play, um, there's a new card that came out that I've been looking for a home for a deck. And I think this might be the one. So this also has something to do on your opponent's term. So a Rasta of the Endless Web. 
Two colorless, oh, two green, yeah. three five reach. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, create a one two green spider token with reach. I think it fits a lot of the themes. So first off, yep. three five for a blocker is amazing, right? So I mean that's almost like for one mana less, that is the that's the blocker argument with the backdraft Hulkite, right? Sure, sure. And on top of that, she's going to churn out more insect creatures that also can block flyers, that also can tap for conspire. It just seems like it. Like I, I think this card when I first saw it, I was really excited about it, and then I've seen it since, and I'm just like, I'm going back and forth on it, right? Like I'm like a, I'm like a yo-yo. I just can't, I can't figure out if it's good or not. But like, I think in this deck, you can cut something. Maybe it's not Devil's Play. I don't really like Devil's Play that much in this, right? Like I get no benefit from casting from the graveyard except it costs more. Sure. Um, and with the other things like Underworld Breach, that's not even like really an issue. Um, whereas this something, I feel like it does something. The turn it comes down because it's going to be a good blocker and whenever anyone casts a cultivate a counter spell whatever the case may be they're just feeding into it making harder and harder to come in yeah no i totally agree i I think it fits everything you want um and i do i do think you should lean more into the token piece of it right yeah um because worse the the worst case scenario is war is now uncastable now you can just go wide yeah yeah i know do it do what you can totally agree totally agree and i think that's like where i think there's that's kind of like been the theme. That's what's kind of the theme when I was looking through this. Is like, okay, what can make what can make cheap tokens? What costs less than cards I have in here? And like, what aren't going to be dead cards in my hand? Right? Because like both animus. There's been both. There's been several times where I got animus awakening and devil's play, and I was like, these are just like these might as well be you know waste at this point in the game. Yeah. No, I totally agree, man. So what do you got? You got one more for me as well, right? Yeah, so mine's a two-parter. Two-parter. Because I, I, I got the Mr. Combo, where it's like, if you want to make this deck more streamlined, sure. you want to make it harder to interact with, and then I got the funny All one. All right. So uh, I'm cutting Backdraft Hellkite. already talked about it. So which one do you want? Do you want funny, or do you want combo? I'm doing funny all day. Are you crazy? Uh, well, which one do you want me to talk about first? Uh, funny all day? <laughs> Question mark? I don't know another way to yeah. say it. I don't know how uh, else to say this, but I think Stuffy Doll would work really well oh in this God. deck. That's so bad. Stuffy Doll is funny. You're only saying that so, because a freaking will killing this with you a bunch of times. Uh, no, so I, I went through your deck, and you have multiple ways to abuse this. Yeah, yeah. So Stuffy Doll, five colorless artifact creature construct. When it ETBs, choose a player. So even if the player has hexproof, you can right, choose yeah, them. Yeah. Which I feel like if you know we talk about like oh i don't know if i want to be hexproof but i feel like if a player is hexproof you kind of yeah, get shut bad. down it's it's bad news if they play the um the ley line yeah or the shield mage too right but no one yep. plays that besides so yeah. stuffy doll is indestructible when it's dealt damage it deals that much damage to the chosen player mm-hmm. still not target player and you could tap it for stuffy doll to deal one damage to itself and it's a zero one the only way this is getting off the board is through negative counters right. that's fine you'll take that risk oh absolutely going th- going through your deck just in cards we've talked about how about Blasphemous Act? Yeah. You're going to deal Domum for 13. If they have Hexproof, all of your X spells will do that. Right. But then we started talking about Clan Defiance. Mm-hmm. You can actually double hit that person oh, if you yeah. wanted to. <laughs> uh, 
you yeah i mean you go down into fiery confluence right you actually hit them for two without even copying the spell right you hit them for let's just say four but then you need to wipe out all the elves well let's do it for one and they're actually going to take Not five the uh, the, the, there, there's so many ways that you can kind of chain this mm-hmm. into damage um and I, th- I think it's just a i think it's a funny slam dunk I, yeah, to where I, I do you, think this is this is pretty funny i gotta admit <laughs> i'm not sure if i'm gonna show off the ten dollars that friend of the cast will did for the foil version but i do i do uh, like it you, you can get one for two bucks. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. good. I think I have All right. one. Or I did. Maybe I traded away. But I, no, okay. I feel like everyone owns a stuffy doll. <laughs> you can't get rid of so, it. It just keeps showing up. <laughs> so the card that I was going to say is more of a Mr. Sure. Combo. Because once again, the thing that I think will hurt your deck most is outside of, we talked about it, Voltron uh war getting removed over and yeah, over and yeah, over yeah. and then actually the one we didn't talk about is blue counter magic oh yeah uh obviously if you if you're like haha i win the game i dump 12 into this and it's like yeah, uh, no, no, counter spell uh, counter spell yeah so i think and it's still cheap because i think i got banned veil of summer oh yeah one yeah. green instant draw a card if an opponent has cast a blue or black spell this turn spells you control can't be countered this turn you and permanent you control gain hexproof mm-hmm. from blue and from black until end of turn i think this card for just one mana yeah. is amazing and especially because it's not even like you have to it's on cast so their spell is on the stack well now my spell's uncounterable right. i'm gonna draw a card you're still gonna die right right and now i have hexproof so you can't even be like, uh, I want to get rid of Wart. Nope, yeah, can't do that. Anymore. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I think this card it's, would make your deck it's more really streamlined. Good. It's almost. Uh, it's I, around. The- I almost would be like. So I have. I was almost going to talk about uh, Red Elemental Blast because. No, you got to leave that in in case you play Nathan. Yeah, exactly, Let him go right? until. So I'm like, I'm almost wondering though, is this bet like? Because this also draws me a card. Is this just better than Blue Elemental Blast? Yes. Yep. It's got to be, right? I mean, red, red Elemental Blast. Oh, that's what I have, yeah. Or uh, what was I thinking of? Pyroblast, yeah. Pyroblast. <clears throat> yeah, no, I think I think it is strictly better because it also protects you from black right. and it gives you Hexproof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I don't think your deck could use like an un... You know, I, I think, you know, if you wanted to and you were like, hey, uh, I think that's a great card. I'm going to cut Fires of Yavimaya for it. Yeah. I wouldn't argue with that. Sure. Um, I, I think this is just something that really does a lot for mm-hmm. you and it doesn't get exiled. And we've talked about yeah. some cards that you want to add Bring that let you be able to cast it again. Uh, and you've talked about it. You don't do graveyard shenanigans. So who do you care if you exile three cards and pay a green to counter again? Well, well, and, and like, again, like this could be the thing where this could be the thing if it's in the graveyard and then I do my I do my big. Big, um, my big blowout breach. Oh turn. yeah, they forget about they, it. Well, yeah, so yeah. Like, okay, so first I breach this, so nothing can counter this turn, right? And then I do the rest of the stuff with like underworld breach. Oh yeah. So I mean, like even then, yeah, that's real. That's really good. Well, now remember, you can only cast that if someone's cast a blue or black spell during the turn. So, oh, no, wait, so no. You, you actually, draw, I only you draw, draw a card. card oh. does that. You can just do this whenever you want. I, I only ever see people cast it in response to stuff. No. But see, so here's the issue, though, is that if you cast that while it's on the stack, they can still counter it. So you, you want to do it in response right. to them um, trying um, to counter. Trying to counter because yeah. then the, the goal, ideally, would be that they don't have any more counter spells. They only right, have they the, have the one. one that they've been saving for this like big build-up turn that I have. 
Correct. Yeah, I like Veilsever a lot. And it's probably, I mean, it's still four bucks, which is kind of nuts, but. I mean, I'm sure it's played in CEDH, yeah. and I think it got banned in standard. It's standard Pioneer and Historic, but I mean, Modern, Legacy, Vintage, like all these yeah. games. That, and, and again, like this is a card where it's like, oh, I play in Wart and it doesn't do anything. Okay, fine. I'm just going to cut this and put it in my mono green. Same difference, right? Sure. So, yep. yeah, no, I like it. I like I like Veil Summer a ton. And maybe that's going to awesome. go on my uh, TCG want list. Ooh, there we go. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the bottle capping, and thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here's some details about our giveaway from our sponsor, Level 1 Game Shop. We're going to be giving away a borderless Garouk and Oko from Throne. To enter, it's extremely simple. Just help promote the content we produce, and you get an entry for every interaction you do with us on social media. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News on May 5th and social media soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We're going to be doing giveaways each month. It could be a sweet couple cards like this. It could be a sweet deck we've put together or it could even be like a tribe bundle that we did for Nick the Hotness last month. Ooh. Congratulations. Um, so just really depends on what our sponsor Level 1 Gaming provides. But, you know, we'd love some feedback on your podcast platform. And if you enjoyed it, leave it. Uh, and whatever star review makes others want to listen as well. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us and know more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number 5 on Twitter, all spelled out except for the 5. Tuck, tuck. Where can they reach you? Uh, unfortunately, I'm still in the nightmare that's called the Twitterverse, so you can still see me there at Big Tuck Tweeting. Uh, I'll see all you hashtag cowards and also hashtag scallop potatoes out in the etherverse. Scallop potatoes. Huh? <laughs> you can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can go to our website, cmdtower.com, which this deck list and everything will be posted in an article. Tuck does a lot of work into that, so go check it out. Uh, if you want to engage our awesome production team for your own future projects, how would they do that, Squeak? Oh, you can can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records. You can find me on Twitter at Dear Squee. You can email me at Dear Squee at CMD Tower. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to uh, addendum this. Don't come to Kansas. Just, <laughs> just don't do it. Fair enough. Uh, other than uh, that, does, that's all I got. He does music, podcasts, and does have a full studio if you are in the KC Metro area and the quarantine's over. Uh, but, you know, you can, like, Patreon Chuck the Slice, yeah. uh, send in your masters, and he can do uh, all the cool stuff and make it sound real pretty for you. If you want to hook up the show as well as hook up our sponsor with the orders you're already doing, head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Tower so they know that you came from The Collective. The Collective. Uh, Outside of their own storefront, they do have a TCG store with a 99% accuracy rating and crazy competitive prices. And they also do carry the sweet CMD Tower playmat and sleeves, as well as everything else you need from a Magic Gathering and gaming perspective. And of course, in the times that we're in, if you're going to be buying Magic things, I know TCG Player is kind of like shut down right now. I think Channel Fireball or... One of the other big ones kind of shut down shipping as well. Uh, level one still shipping. So go look at their store, uh, place orders. You know, it definitely helps a LGS that we know and love here in the KC area and helps the podcast. Another way you can support us is over to Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. We have different reward tiers from as simple as Discord access to even if you hit one of our goals, uh, you get a guest spot on the podcast with your own sweet, sweet brew. As well as each tier does give you additional entries into the monthly giveaways, which is why Nick the Hotness ended up winning because. We hardly got any interaction last <laughs> month, so he got all the entries. Uh, and, of course, we do have the free access to our Discord uh, pinned on each of our Twitters. Uh, it is a quarantine battlegrounds where you can go find people to play MTG Arena, MTG Online, uh, Cockatrice, and Webcam Magic. So go give it a follow. Um, and, of course, thank you to Pink Royal for the music provided in the episode. So 
The best mommy in all the multiverse wore the spell mother. She keeps it up. How, 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 how did we do? What do you I think? think great, to be honest. Um, like I said, I think this is a, this is one of the decks I built like on a super budget, and it still kind of holds up. Like, does a lot of fun things. Um, I like it just because it's a deck that I can just kind of pick up and go with. Um, you know, I, I like the I like some of the cuts we've talked about. Um, I think Veil of Summer is going to be a real all star in it. Um, and I'm kind of surprised you were a little onto that because that is a little bit more competitive of a it, card. But it's just so good, right? Like I thought there's another. I think there's another, or maybe this one that's like creature spells you cast can't be countered or something. But like uh, Vexing Chusher, I almost thought about that was actually my ad for the personal right. recommendation, and then I swapped it for Veil of Summer when I was like, he only has it's 11 better, creatures, yeah. and we're talking about cutting creatures. It's, that doesn't make sense. It's way better. Um, no, so like like I said, I think like the real I think the real winners of like all three of my cards I think were solid. I, th I like your additions as well. Like Stuffy Doll could be amazing <laughs> if we want to go that route. But no, like I said, like I think this is a deck that's like I just it again having so many, it's kind of fallen by the wayside. And I think it could use a, just a little bit a little bit of a tune up to like really push it over and, and make it like more a little more consistent um, and and still keep it being fun and unique. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm all for janky decks sure. and stuff. But the, th the thing is, is they have to be janky, but fun for you to play. And right. sometimes, you know, we, we, we put that together and it's like, oh, it's just like this weird hodgepodge. I don't know if it's going to be very good. Um, like, I think Squee kind of felt that when he did his Akiri Line Slinger deck, kind of slammed oh, it together. To start for and sure, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like in the beginning, it like wasn't that much fun. Yeah. Um, and, but and, and when a deck's not that much fun or you don't look forward to playing right. it, it's just like, ugh, this is, I, I don't ever want to see this and thing. Think, and you have so many decks, then you would never play it. I, I don't so. think this is one of those. Like this is one I actually look forward to playing, right? Like, um, I, I feel like it still has a pretty streamlined purpose of getting there. It just needs a little bit of, little bit of the uh, the chaff and and the fat cut out of it. Um, well, considering how long have you had the deck? Oh, jeez, I don't know. How long was in four? And I've never twenty fifteen. And I, and I haven't seen it in five well, years. Well, you also got to remember, I got to play. I have to rotate forty decks in and out, so I only get to see them yeah, once but... every three months. <laughs> Sure, but I don't think there's any decks you're playing now that I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that before unless you just built oh. it. So I, th I think we've been playing long enough that I've seen all of your decks for the most part. The fact that I haven't seen this one tells me that maybe when it comes up to rotation, it might just slide to the wayside. I, I don't personally feel that's the case, so maybe you'll have to break it out this well, weekend. Do it. Round two. I just broke right. it out last weekend. Damn it. My whole, well, guys. whole cycle's thrown off. <laughs> well, on that note, round two, cut.